You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. All right, Vikings Ventline, another trip around the room here with my guys Nick and John about to join here in just a little bit on Purple Daily. Vikings Ventline is a year-round show. We took uh, the Vikings Ventline format, of course, from the radio days, transitioned it obviously to the podcast and YouTube days. And after every Vikings game, Mackie, Judd, and myself like to go live and bring on a bunch of Vikings fans to talk about the game. Uh, whether that's good or bad, it's a safe space for any Vikings fan to come on the show. And then we took that idea and we even morphed it to this edition, the off-season edition, where I like to bring on Vikings fans kind of talk about the upcoming season, talk about the off-season. So if this is a show that you'd like to be a part of, whether it's for the first time or a repeat guest, hit me up. It's vikingsventline at gmail.com. It's scrolling across the bottom of the screen right now. That's vikingsventline at gmail.com for the audio audience as well. We're like six weeks, give or take. Uh, from the NFL regular season already. We're in the holiday weekend, but in the dog days of the offseason, but there's still plenty to talk about, of course, uh, with the upcoming season and the offseason moves that have taken place. So hit me up if you want to get on. It's vikingsventline at, at gmail.com. Of course, hit the subscribe button for daily Vikings entertainment. We've got some historical pie charts coming your way uh, this week as well after this episode posts. So be on the lookout for that. All right, let's get my guys in here. Let's get Nicholas in here. Let's get John. Um, boys, welcome to Ventline. Appreciate you coming on. Nick, you were telling me off mic, you discovered Ventline after that infamous, I believe, Sunday night football game, or was it a Monday night football game? I think game it was a Monday Seattle? night game, 2019, against the Seahawks. Found you guys then. Uh, the infamous, we couldn't get the fourth down, fourth and in inches to seal the game. And I found Ventline that night, and I've been listening ever since. It's actually my first time on the show, though. So I've been like that guy who just reads all the messages in the group chat, never texts. So it's, I'm, I'm happy to be on. It's been a long time coming, but I'm definitely stoked. Yeah, we'll see what Alexander Maskin can can, uh, can do this season. We might yeah, even get into that a little bit here no later kidding. on in the episode, no doubt. Uh, and John, you said you discovered us recently, right? You just discovered us in the last, like, five months, you said? Yeah, I just discovered you guys pretty recently. Um, I live in Wisconsin, so I was looking to oh. listen to something more Minnesota sports-wise. Um, so I got you guys on Spotify. Um, but, yeah, you know. Fairly new listener, but uh, been a Vikings fan for a long time. Uh, John, where in Wisconsin are yet? Uh, Appleton. Appleton. Okay. Yep. So uh, you're you're deep in Packer territory there, aren't you? Oh yeah, yeah, real deep. Uh, did you grow up in Wisconsin the whole time, or did you move there? Yeah. So I grew up here. I've lived here my entire life. Uh, I became a Vikings fan when I was five. Just loved me some Randy Moss and uh, the uniforms, and I was like, I'm a part of this. So you joined the good side. Fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, dude, you are deep in enemy territory there. So, yeah. uh, so it's good for you for uh, being on the Vikings side of things, I guess. Uh, hey, Nick, where where are you from? So I'm from Judd's neck of the woods, actually, St. Louis Park. Okay, Grew up there my whole life. So I was just kind of born into Vikings fandom. My my grandfather saw all four Super Bowl losses. My dad's <laughs> had his fair share of heartbreaks, and it was only right that you know I, I kind of followed suit. Nice. Well, welcome to the show, boys. This is a safe space. So uh, whether it's for tears or whether it's for venting or whether it's just for uh, optimism, even that's what Vikings Ventline is all about. Uh, so 
with us being kind of in this thickest part of the off season training camps, like a couple weeks away, but this is really the only true, what I like to call dead period of the NFL off season, where mm-hmm. we're just kind of waiting, you know, it's a holiday weekend. People are out and kind of focusing off football or off sports and off certain things. So I like to uh, kick this one around during this part of vent line every year. Uh, so Nick, I'm going to actually start with you, my man. I want to know what is your hottest Vikings take, whether it's for this season, a past take. I just would love to know okay. Nick's hottest Vikings take. My hottest Vikings take, Kevin O'Connell will bring the Vikings their first Super Bowl. I don't know if it's this season or if it's in the future, but I look back at last year and I absolutely love that hire. I think, you know, 13 wins in your first season, that that doesn't happen by chance. Those 11 one-score games, you know, you could say maybe we, we got a little lucky and won a little more games than we should have, but I think that doesn't happen without Kevin O'Connell. I mean, you just saw the difference between when Zimmer was there in his last year and the first year of KOC, and it was night and day. I mean, those guys were loose, having fun. Um, He unlocked a new version of Kirk that we'd never really seen before, this game-winning, just daggering Kirk who would, you know, come up, I think, eight game-winning drives last year. And so that gives me hope going forward, whether it's with Cork or another quarterback. I think he's going to get the best out of, you know, whatever we end up doing. If it's a young quarterback, he wants to kind of get his hands on and mold. I just think it's a smash hire, and I, I think you know we're on the right track, definitely with Kevin O'Connell. Yeah, it just there, there, there's definitely a different persona and energy about him, right? I mean, I yep. I liked Mike Zimmer. I, I agree, things got a little a uh, little you know stale at the end there, and it was time yeah. to move on. Um, but it just seems like whether it's his personality or whether it's just him being with the times and and having a top five offense and being around the Rams who have won a Super Bowl too, I think that's also really helpful. You know, like yep sometimes people take chances on these coordinators that are just, you know, kind of wonderkins and they're yeah. fine. Um, but they haven't really been to the top of the mountain. Kevin O'Connell has, um, yep. of course, as a coach and, you know, as a player, he was a fringe player, but knew he was going to be in coaching right away. And obviously if he's the first guy to bring this franchise a Super Bowl, I mean, he's going to be obviously etched in stone and, and be one of the greatest coaches, not just yeah. in Vikings history, but I think in NFL history too. You can tell, you can tell the players ride or die with him, man. Like those relationships that he's built with them. I just think, he, he's going to be the guy to do it for us. I'm, I, I love him. <laughs> love it. All right, John. Uh, so that was Nick's hot take. He says KOC is the first coach to lead the Vikings to the Super Bowl. Uh, what do you got for me? What's your hottest Vikings take? Uh, so mine's a little bit more season-specific and even, like, position-specific. But I think Greg Joseph will not be the Vikings kicker by the end of the year. Ooh. Okay. Uh, so my reasoning for that, um, obviously his, his struggles have been well-documented. Um, with mostly PATs, but also with his kicks. The fact that they brought in uh, Jack Podlesny from Georgia, um, I mean, he was undrafted, but still, he's on the roster as of now. I could see him being added to the practice squad at the end of training camp, because I, I doubt he would beat out Joseph, um, at least at this point. And I think even if it was a close competition, the coaching staff would lean more towards having a guy with some NFL experience as opposed to none. So, but just with Joseph's struggles last year and even the year before, um, I could definitely see him getting cut and them going with Pod Lesney or even somebody else. Now, I hope I'm wrong and I hope he has a better year to where, you know, he can actually make make more extra points. But it's it's honestly concerning. If you look at the fact that in that Cardinals game this past year, he missed that 56-yarder that actually went off a defender's helmet. And he missed the PAT. So it was actually a lot 
closer of a game than it should have been if he just made his kicks. Now, he can make some clutch kicks, like against the Giants and the Colts, but it's also to the fact where, you know, if he just made some PATs, maybe we wouldn't need such clutch kicks. So I know it's hard trying to cut a kicker midseason and bring in a new one, especially like Pod Lesney, who has no NFL experience, but sometimes you just have to go with somebody else because Joseph just seems to struggle a lot. Well, John, yeah, I know you said you're newish to Purple Daily, so I'm I'm not sure if you're aware that I was like the biggest Greg, maybe the only, not the biggest, the only Greg Joseph stan uh, last year for the Vikings <laughs> trying to defend this guy. I'm not sure if you're aware of this. I so I kind of got that stick. vibe. I got that vibe in the like the last few months. Yeah. So I, I mean, my reasoning here was was I mean it was cheeky a little bit, but you know he missed a lot of extra points, but none of yeah. his kicks cost the Vikings games necessarily last year. Um, he was mostly money from inside 50 yards, past 50 yards. That was an issue. And now we're seeing kickers just kind of routinely making 50 yards. I feel like 10 years ago, um, it wasn't the case, but now like you need your kicker to make a couple 50 yard kicks every season and also not just be a complete 50, 50 guy like Greg Joseph was on, on them. You know, the the extra points thing is so bizarre because to your point, if he was making extra points and maybe he was still struggling with the 50 plus yarders. I think we give him a little bit more of a pass, right? Because mm-hmm. it's a damn extra point. Like, just make right. the extra point. And if you're 50 50 or batting less than, you know, 80% on those 50 yard kicks, all right. If you're, if you're, if you're money from inside 50 and the extra points, you know, you're, you can give a guy a little bit of a pass there. Um, so, I mean, the fact they brought in Pod Lesney, there is going to be a competition here. I think Greg Joseph wins this battle. Um, but are you kind of 50-50 on that right now? Do you think that Pod Lesney could actually win the job in training camp this summer? So I've heard Pod Lesney's look pretty good. I mean, that's in, you know, shorts and OTAs, so how much can you really judge? Yeah. I'm sure we'll get to see him in some preseason games, um, but I, I think they'd lean towards Joseph. For one, he has NFL experience, um, and the fact that Matt Daniels seems to really like Greg Joseph. Yeah. Um, and see the money. fact that, yeah. And the fact that you have like that um, DePaulo uh, Wright and his connection, which is an underrated connection, I think that long snapper holder kicker connection. Um, so I think they would go with Joseph if it's close, but I could just see a change coming mid season. If Joseph really starts to struggle because Joseph was, is really good last year, at least 20 to 50 yards. Mm-hmm. But PATs, he struggled, and then plus 50, he was below 50%. So, you know, it's really like the PATs. I think, honestly, in like five-ish years, if not sooner, I think PATs won't really be a thing anymore. Yeah. I think two-point conversions are going to take over, especially guys who think like O'Connell and McVay. They tend to probably want to go with that because I think statistically, you probably have a pretty good shot of making a two-point conversion. Um but I just think that with Joseph struggles right now, even though he does have a guaranteed contract, it's only 1.7, I believe. Um, but, you know, if a guy's struggling that bad and it's costing games, you know, it, you're not going to, he's not going to be around. So. Absolutely. Nick, yeah. Nick, do you have any uh, Greg Joseph takes here? Greg, yeah, it's an interesting one because, you know, you think of the Giants game, that 62 yard game winner, but every now and then he'll just miss a gimme kick. And you just, you know, you just hope it doesn't come to a point where it's a, in an NFC playoff game and he's missing a PAT to cost you. Um, I, I can kind of see it both ways. I know Pod Lesney's had some big kicks, you know, in, in high leverage college football games with Georgia, obviously. But 
I, th I think, you know, of the things that really hurt us last year, I don't know that I'd, I, I'm kind of like Declan. I don't think I'd put Greg Joseph towards the top of that list, but I, I hear your reasoning, man. I think having two good kickers to kind of push each other is always great. If, if Greg Joseph starts to struggle, get him out of there, man. I mean, if he's got someone breathing right, right down his neck, you know, that's, that's kicking well in camp and kind of making him work for it. I, I think that only, that's only good for us in the long run. So it'll, mm -hmm. it'll be interesting to see what happens. I, I, I see your logic though, John, it could definitely be a battle in training camp, you know, and, or, or if, like you said, if Greg Joseph does get the job, he could get replaced mid season. So mm -hmm. we'll have to see. All right, boys, let's continue on the offensive front. Uh, I'm curious what your expectations are for rookie wide receiver, Jordan Addison. So the Vikings take him um, with the 21st pick. You had another wide receiver into this weapon or this offense with who's going to be a good weapon. And, He's not expected maybe to step in right away and be the number one guy. So I guess, Nick, were you a fan of that pick? And also, I guess, what are your expectations for the rookie wide receiver? Yeah, so I love the pick. Um, I know there's some people that want us to go defense, but I look at what Jordan Addison is good at, and it's separating, you know, intricate route running. He's just a smooth route runner that can get open. And I think Kevin O'Connell is just going to, you know, he's going to find ways to get him the ball and it'll take pressure off of Jefferson too. So I thought it was a smash pick. I thought he was going to come in right away and produce, but I am concerned with, you know, whatever the injury may be that kept him out of OTAs, mini camp. Um, that concerns me a little bit now, just because I think those, those reps with Kirk cousins, you know, getting, getting the timing and chemistry down that that's valuable. Even if it's only for a couple like training sessions, I know, Rodgers missed all of that last season. We saw how that worked with his receivers. So I, I'm a little concerned. I don't know if maybe I don't know if he comes out guns blazing. Addison probably not. KJ Osborne's still a stud. I love me some KJ Osborne. You know he's going to have to. He's really going to have to show something to, to get that wide receiver two job. But I think kind of like what we saw with Jefferson in his breakout year, that Tennessee game. I think he'll just come on. You know when when his time comes. It might be in the middle of the season. It might be right away, but I am a little concerned with the, the lack of, you know, reps with Kirk to this point. Yeah, we'll see what happens with training camp. And I think we'll obviously get a better probably gauge of where he's at. And and hopefully, mm -hmm. you know, he's up to speed and yeah, the injuries behind him and he can kind of get acclimated in this offense pretty quick. Uh, John, how about you? When you saw that pick come down, were you a fan of it? And what are your expectations, I guess, for him in this kind of loaded Vikings offense? Yeah, um, I was a big fan of the pick. I really liked his route running ability. Um, everything I saw of him at USC, I really liked. Um, I was honestly hoping number one for Jackson Smith and the Jigba. But, I mean, Addison is definitely a great, capable wide receiver. Um, to Nick's point, um, yeah, I'm a little concerned about his injury. Um, and the fact that he hasn't been getting uh, any work in with Kirk Cousins. Um, it's a little concerning. I don't think it's detrimental. But um, it's definitely something to note. Um, as far as like how I think he would do this season, um, I think he'd probably be like fourth or fifth option on the team as of right now. Um, you know, because obviously you got JJ, TJ, and KJ, um, who I would all assume would have more receptions than him. And then even a guy like Jalen Naylor, who's been kind of mm -hmm. hanging on the roster for a couple seasons now and who looked pretty good in that Packers game last year. Um, you know, he could even have a bigger impact than Addison. So I'm, I'll be really interested to see what happens in training camp with him and well, how he looks in some preseason games because, you know, I don't know what this injury is like, 
Um, but I just want him to get as many reps as possible with Kirk Cousins because obviously chemistry is very important. Um, so if I were to guess, I think he'd probably be like fourth or fifth in receptions by the end of the year. Hopefully, you know, as if this injury uh, heals. Yeah, as yeah. long as he's like a complimentary piece, right, to this mm-hmm. offense, I think that's all we can ask for. And whether that was a reach or whether there was maybe better options at 21, I guess we'll kind of wait and see. But I like that he's not going to have to step in and be like the number one dude right away. I think mm-hmm. that really helps. Because if, if that was the case and he had to be the number one option, now he's already behind schedule. Like, you know, I, I don't think the panic button slapped, but you obviously could panic a lot more, you know, um, a lot more a lot more basically so hopefully he's uh gets up to speed here uh nick do you what, what's your thoughts on alex madison getting the starting job here i know you were upset when he didn't get that one yard you know do yeah. you think he can be so, a capable starting back i i think he can you know i i know that was the moment that kind of brought me to purple daily but i i do have faith in madison i think you know he just kind of needs we've always said he he could be he could be the second best running back in the division when we had Dalvin and Madison, you mm-hmm. know, I'm third, I guess, Aaron Jones, but I think he's going to benefit from having, you know, he's going to get more carries. He's going to, I think he's really going to be, he'll be used in the passing game. I think he's got a little bit of catching ability too. I'm just, I'm a little concerned. And, you know, it makes sense to go to, you know, running back by committee approach. Now I'm a little bit concerned though, with the big play upside, you know, I, I look back at Dalvin cook last year and he had a lot of, you know, inefficient runs on first and second down where he's not getting many yards. But I think of some of those close games that we were able to win. And those are some pretty splashy plays that Cook was able to give us. I think of like the 80 yard run against Buffalo. He broke one in the Miami game to to kind of seal it. And that one had to catch against um, Washington, I believe. And I just, I don't know if we're going to be missing that a lot. If I yeah, I don't know. I, I get it from Quasi's standpoint. You you can't pay a running back that much money, especially an older one that's beat up. So I think maybe Madison kind of lacks in the big play ability that Dalvin Cook had that. But I think overall, if we're kind of just a little more efficient, not getting behind the sticks on early downs, um, I think we'll do just fine. And, you know, I, I trust KOC to to kind of get him involved how he needs to and run this offense efficiently. And I think we'll be okay. It's just those big plays. I don't know if we'll have as many of those with Madison. John, do you like Alex Madison as the starting back? And do you think maybe there is a home run gear to him that maybe he has lacked in previous seasons? Yeah, I actually am excited to watch Madison. I think the fact that he um, is on a two-year deal for $7.5 is a pretty good deal. Um, I think there's teams out there that probably pay more for a running back like him. Um, honestly, what I'm most excited about is just kind of this running back by committee now that the Vikings are going to have. Um, over the past, you know, few years, it's just felt like they've had to force feed Dalvin Cook, even going back to like the Zimmer days, just because you have this top five, top three running back on your team. So you feel the need to give him the ball a lot. I think that, um, I think that right there is a good reason that they're going to go to this running back by committee with Madison and McBride and Chandler, um, all in, uh, the running back room. Um, and you just look at the rest of the NFL and you see so many teams going back to this running back by committee and like no teams are with this bell cow running back anymore. So, I mean, the most recent NFL champions don't have a bell cow running back who makes 10 plus million dollars a year. You know, it'll just be nice to see all these different guys um, compete in the backfield as opposed to Dalvin Cook, who would 
have like five runs for a total of two yards and then one run for 60 yards. You know, I liked Alvin Cook, but paying him more than probably $4 million a year at this point uh, is not a good investment. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. Last thing here on the defensive side, uh, what are your expectations for Brian Flores here? I mean, let's assume Daniel Hunter is indeed reporting and on this team too. We'll see what happens there. Uh, but Nick, do you think Brian Flores can kind of take this defense and revamp it? Is it going to be a slow process? How do you kind of look at that? I think he can. I think, you know, we can't, we can't get much worse from last year. We're getting younger, faster. I love that Brian Flores hire initially. I think he's going to bring some freaking exotic blitzes and it's just going to be nonstop pressure. I mean, if we can get a couple more turnovers, a game hits on the QB, some scoop and score fumbles, whatever it is, if we're just causing chaos, I like that as opposed to, you know, last year it was death by a thousand paper cuts. It was just so frustrating watching us sit back and just give up yards and yards and yards. I think the one thing is I, I like you said, I think Daniel is coming back. I don't know that Flores would take this job if, he knew that Bosa, Darius, and Daniil would be gone. And I'm excited to see um, what he does with Daniil. I think Daniil, you know, assuming we keep him, I think he's going to be firing again. I could see him, you know, towards the top of the league leading in sacks. Um, I'm just excited in general just for a younger, faster, more aggressive defense. Um, it's going to be chaos. So I- I'm stoked. I love the hire too. Nice. John, how about you? Do you think Brian Flores can kind of – turn around this defense what are your expectations for him yeah absolutely um when the hire came out I was pretty excited I was a little worried he was going to take a head coaching uh spot but uh, I'm glad he took this D coordinator spot even if it's basically just a one-year hire um just the amount of uh improvements he can make for this defense and just him with his history especially being with the Patriots for such a long time I think he's almost the perfect guy to have with our young uh, defensive backs. So, I mean, kind of like Nick said, it can't get much worse than last year defensively. So, I mean, as long as the Vikings, I think, are in the top 20 for a scoring defense, I think that's a big improvement. And I can only assume this offense will be top five, if not top seven, at least. Um, So just hold them under probably 30 35 points and they'll probably win most games but I'm pretty excited to watch guys like Andrew Booth and Caleb Evans um, hopefully healthy just like seen and just see how they uh, produce under a guy like Flores and Daniil Hunter Um, it's pretty frustrating last year watching Donatel put uh, Daniil Hunter in zone coverage especially against Christian Watson Um, I turned the game off after that Um, so I'm just excited to watch uh, a guy who knows what he's doing with uh, uh, probably a Hall of Fame edge rusher and just other pieces that'll be added to this defense. No doubt. Uh, boys, before we wrap up here on Vikings event line, Nick, do you got any takes? Last takes, do you have any shout outs you'd love to give? Uh, if you do, by yeah. the way, my guy. So I, it's another bit, of, it's another hot take, but I really think the NFC is there for the taking. I mean, mm-hmm. I think the Vikings, the way we've handled the offseason, I think, you know, 
from, from the outside looking in, it may seem like we're kind of tearing it down and rebuilding. We're getting rid of these veteran players, but I don't think any of the losses make you that much worse than you were last year. And there is a path where, you know, and I know people think obviously Philadelphia, San Francisco, they've kind of had a stranglehold on, on the conference, but yeah. if, if you get, you know, the, the, the quarterback position in San Francisco is kind of up in the air. I'm, I don't, I haven't really bought into Brock Purdy yet. If you get, like a Jalen Hurts injury or something, the, the, it just breaks open. There's a path there for the Vikings to take it. I'm not buying the Lions hype. I mean, Dan Campbell, great. He's a great quote, but he's going to cost you a game at some point with his decision-making. I don't know. I'm just, I think there is a path there for the Vikings to maybe not repeat 13 and three like last year, but I can definitely see us, you know, as one of the top three or four seeds and making a run at this thing. Um, you know, I, I think, I think, like I said, the defense can't get any worse. So in the offense, Kirk Cousins, another year with the same coordinator, Justin Jefferson is arguably the best player in the whole conference. I think there is a way for us to, you know, maybe, maybe bring it home. I don't know if it, I, I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but I can definitely see a path there for um, a Vikings NFC championship run. But other than that, I'll shout you, Mackie and Judd out. I love the show. Um, I'm I'm in I'm I'm along for the ride. I just want to see this Super Bowl. I hope my grandpa and my dad and everyone else can see it. <laughs> Love what you guys do here, and I'm just stoked that I was able to come on today. Appreciate it, man. John, how about you, buddy? Last takes? Uh, any shout outs? Love to give here on Vikings Vent Line. Yeah, just my last take. I'm just excited for the season to start. I'm honestly excited to see how Kirk Cousins plays. Um, it's considering he doesn't have to learn a whole new offense again. Yeah. Um, he's a little more comfortable this time around. So hopefully we see some big things from him. Um, other than that, just to see how the defense improves and just to see how uh, well we can do because they got a tough schedule, no doubt. But um, as far as shout-outs, just shout-out to some of my friends who are Viking fans over here with me. Uh, my mom's a Vikings fan too, so that's usually I watch the games with. Um, and then shout-out to you guys. Thanks for having me on and uh, keep producing great content. Appreciate it, John. Nick, thank you so much too, boys. Appreciate you guys discovering and listening to Vikings Ventline. Again, if anyone wants to come on a future episode, hit me up. It's vikingsventline at gmail.com. Vikingsventline at gmail.com. Some historical pie charts too coming your way over the uh, 4th of July weekend. So, or week, I should say. So hit that subscribe button for daily Vikings entertainment. We'll be back tomorrow.